Yes. Yep, right. indeedy. So, uh, I, I figured, uh, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of HPV, I'm Chris. Hello, I'm Brad. Um, so I thought after we've done uh, however many of these shows that we might want to explain what the fuck it is that we're doing here. How many have we done? Um... I don't know, eight or nine, something like that. A couple, a few, a few. You could say uh, a baker's dozen. Okay, uh, less than somewhere in there. Less than sign baker's dozen. Okay, all right. Equals so about eight or nine. HPV. Yeah, something like that. Um, so I I know we uh, we alternate weeks uh, or episodes of picking the film of making the other watch. Yes. And I have specific standards in which I hold these films to, and I was wondering if you did as well. Um, no. No? I find it absolutely shocking that you would have any sort of standards whatsoever. That's oh. my first comment. Well, I but, absolutely uh, do, because uh, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I brought bad movies to this, I'll admit it. Uh-huh. But they're movies that I genuinely love. They're bad. It has to be something that I think we both agreed that we kind of like. Uh, yes. Okay. And it, so, but if not, um, it has to be interesting enough to talk about. I, I don't think we do the. I'm gonna subject this person to this movie. Um. Well. Um. As I much will as have you to may concede di- that. Um, um. I take a particular delight in seeing how appalled you are sometimes. At um, what's depicted in movies from the time when I grew up. And the heroes that I saw and the things that they did, which were sold as heroic. And admittedly, I ha- would not have seen in decades, right? But um, so, like, Blue Thunder comes up uh, as a choice where... Now, when I first saw that, uh, I think I even said in the podcast we did, I saw that with my grandfather... So there was a certain sort of um, emotional significance to the movie just as a bonding experience, you know. Uh, and I was far too young to really understand some of the jokes and things that were actually in there that I was seeing, right? I was more interested in this sort of uh, magical, scientific, pseudo-helicopter thing, you know, and what it was doing. So um, looking at it with older eyes, and especially... <laughs> going, what's Chris going to make of this movie that I thought was so awesome back then? And then... Uh, the answer is, fun of it. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. So that's that's kind of um, been my choice in some situations. Like Darby O'Gill and the Little People, I genuinely adore that movie. I adore that movie. I oh, think man. it's so great, you know? Ooh. And... Yeah. That was my battleship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Come to find out that, uh, you know... Our tastes do differ occasionally. Occasionally, yes. A shock to find out. But then again, battleship, I thought, you know, um, like what we need to see, if you haven't seen it, in that same sort of vein, right, is the 80s Three Musketeers with Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez, um, and... um, is that the one with Oliver Platt? Yes, Oliver <laughs> Platt and Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, oh, yeah, Kiefer oh Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, Oliver Platt as the Three Musketeers, and then that adorable Chris, whatever, who went on to play Robin with Chris George O'Donnell. Clooney. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh huh, yeah, great film. 
<laughs> One of the other uh, standards that I really have, though, for this is I kind of take our tagline very seriously. If we watch bullshit. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as rad as Predator is, I'm not going to bring Predator here. Predator's right. a great film. It's well documented how great of a film it is. Yeah. I, I would like to focus more on films like 1993's Sniper. Uh-huh. Brad. Excellent, excellent segue. Yeah. Side note, though, um, The Hidden, I really enjoyed, and I presented that one specifically because I thought that you would enjoy that as well. Like, I did not think there were a lot of elements there that um, were just uh, flagrantly open to criticism, although it is, you know, a sci-fi shoot-em-up from its time. It's silly, and it's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. So I was delighted to see that you liked that as well. And I think, you know, these are the areas where this podcast becomes interesting because, again, getting back to the segue of Sniper, this was interesting to watch again. Yes. Man, I think I might have seen it on VHS about 20 years ago or so, you know, was the last time. And um, I forgot how interesting it was as just a story. Yeah, it's it's not a bad film. And which, Tom Berenger is a badass. Which is why, again, this definitely qualified for the standards that I've set, is that I'm not going to bring Predator. We're not going to watch Die Hard. It's, right. it's those movies that you see on every streaming service or whatever that you just kind of flip by. They're in the $5 bins at stores. Yeah. Yeah. And like, because the thing about those those movies is that maybe they have been forgotten. Maybe they even did well at the time that they came out and somehow still wind up in the $5 bin, what have you. The larger point is that these were still good movies. And while there's so much focus on things like Titanic or whatever the hell, right, uh, I enjoy that we're able to take a look at these movies and still find what's good about them, what's bad about them, and what's fun, no matter what they actually are. Yeah, I, I so. kind of I kind of hold my some of my picks, obviously with the big exception of the Batman. To <laughs> if you told somebody that, oh yeah, I watched Sniper, it, they should say why? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why were you watching Sniper? Well, because it's good. Yeah, it turns out that it's good. Yeah, and come to think of it, um, it's good for many different reasons. It's not just that it's an interesting story or that you've got uh, performances from uh, Tom Berenger and Billy Zane. As the main two, um, well, they switch places and, depending on your perspective. And the only other credited actor in the opening credits was J.T. Walsh. J.T. Walsh. Who's in, well it, who's in it for like four and a half minutes. Yeah, uh-huh. I wonder, though, <clears throat> given the time that it was, I wonder if they actually shot one of those Welcome Home Boys scenes and then just decided to cut it at the end when they were on the chopper, you know? I could see that. Just because maybe they need it, maybe they don't, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, that's another thing about this movie. The, the shooting is over. They're on the helicopter. Done. Yep, that's, that's it. Roll credits. I, I think that's one thing that we share very much is just the, I don't want resolution to this story. Yeah, any doesn't Chuck, need it. Any Chuck Norris movie does it perfectly. Exactly. The action's done, so are we. Fuck off. Uh-huh. Yeah, perfect. Maybe he shakes somebody's hand and uh, maybe he smiles at the girl or something like that. 
But that's it. Boom. Roll credits. Turns down the medal because he was too valiant. He doesn't need He's the... He's so honorable. He, he doesn't need the... Yeah. From the brass. Exactly. Blackout. Roll credits. Done. Uh-huh. So, we, we know from the very outset that his... Uh, Tom Berenger's current spotter isn't going to make it because he is not Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's how the movie opens. But... What's interesting is it gives us the insight into what exactly the relationship is between the spotter and the sniper mm-hmm. and why it's so significant that it really is a two-man job that uh, these guys do. You yeah, know? because, I mean... He's somebody There's, I mean... God damn it. I'm going to have to edit this now. Son of a bitch. No, keep it. Oh, Fuck it. On. Who said we got to do anything? There is a slight pause while there is a knocking at the door. It sounds like there is a knocking. (laughs) I'm eating popcorn, by the way. (laughs) All right, so that was a traveling salesman who was looking to sell what were they selling chris i i don't need any more butt plugs brad oh, well you know you My have quite a variety God. on display to begin with <laughs> i mean it's it's kind of gotten to the point where you remember dolph lundgren's ear necklace in universal soldiers <laughs> just with used butt plugs Oh. Still dripping with rectum goo. Now there's a vision for you. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I, I decided to go real blue, and it was probably a bad choice. Uh, and yeah, we'll probably edit that Break out. for edit. And no, we won't. <laughs> no, okay. probably not. So, um, so, all right. Door knocking. I mean, I did give you the lead with the traveling salesman, so you yeah. know, I admire that you took it to its fullest potential. I, I, no, that was a real cop-out joke. It, it was just... Bad. I was trying to save you, Chris. I know. Anyway, I'm okay, fucking, Tom Berenger. I'm drowning here, Brad. <laughs> so Tom Berenger. It's so goddamn hot. <laughs> has a spotter, and the spotter's going to die, and we all know he's going to die, but why does he die? Because he valiantly stays behind to provide cover for Tom Berenger as they're trying to get their exfil out. Yes, because there is a day extraction which Tom Berenger clearly, specifically, asked for a night extraction. You dicks. He says it. He says the line. He calls them cheese dicks, like in Platoon. He does. He says cheese dicks. So, um... 30 so, grand right in Tom Berenger's pocket. I mean, how? It's it's an easy punchline, you know? And, uh... I think... Who could blame him? I think this is a... Really, right in the beginning of this film is when we kind of drifted almost away from it because we were having a conversation about why didn't Tom Berenger take off as a leading man? It's an interesting question, man. He is rugged, handsome. He can be sensitive. Mm-hmm. He can be a fucking ball-breaking son of a bitch. He's, I think, uh, he's a good actor on top of all of that. Well, I mean, I think that's exactly it. Because there was a period there where he did a variety of sort of um, sexy, suspenseful movies. Right, and they teamed him up with different people like um, Deborah Winger, and um, he seems like he would be in a Glenn Close movie. Oddly <laughs> enough, I don't think so. Um, Wait, they're bo- aren't the they both in the Big was... Chill? Isn't Glenn Close in the Big Chill? Oh yeah, 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 ah, yeah, the Big Chill. That's I win right. by default. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, you do. 
I don't Rebecca, ever fuck with my Tom Berenger trivia. Rebecca De Mornay, that's the name I've been trying to pull up. That was another movie that he did, which was in that sort of category. And Man, basically, none kind of those of... really, really did well. And I think that worked against him long term in his career. Yeah, because I was looking this up before we recorded today, and I, I think mm-hmm. I already spilled the beans. But if you remember, mm-hmm. how many sniper films are there in the sniper cinematic universe? You said there were eight. Eight, right? And which and Tom they all Berenger, have Tom Berenger in them. I think there might be one or two that he skipped out on, but yes, I saw wow. the most recent one, and it is a white-haired Tom Berenger on the cover. <laughs> See now, that is a legacy franchise that. Okay, maybe it's not going to be huge like your James Bond or your Batman or, you know, name your other franchise, whatever the hell. But if you got eight pictures themed off one character, then, I mean, dude, that's that's a career an actor would love to have. You know what I mean? You're that guy. You're that character. You know, and now you've got this body of work. Anyway... Good for Tom Berenger, fucking A. Uh, dude, it's just, it just astounds me because, I mean, he's good in this. He's excellent in Platoon. Oh, yeah. He's fucking fantastic in Platoon. Say what you want about that film as a whole, but Tom Berenger is great in it. He's good in The Substitute. Again, stupid movie. Is, well, that's what I'm thinking. Is it just a problem with the roles that he took? That's what I was saying. I, I think that's what I'm getting to with these later movies. Like, the sexy, suspenseful thing. They might have been interesting. Uh, who is the Mimi, whatever, who was married to Tom Cruise early on? Um, Nicole Kidman? No, no. Before that. Um, Mimi Rogers. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, another one of those I'm movies. glad we that, figured that out. Well... <laughs> See, now that's three different actresses that I've named in this sort of sexy, suspenseful thing that Tom Berenger... You haven't heard of any of these movies, have you? No. I haven't There's heard... There's a reason... I haven't heard the name Rebecca De Mornay in quite some time. Yeah. So, uh, who, you know, was really great in the Jessica Jones series on Netflix, by the way. So, props to her for uh, really bringing those acting chops. But, uh, but anyway, so... Um, so Tom Berenger and his career, well, I think one of the things you pointed out, which you're 100% accurate about, is he has this ability to be sensitive, be vulnerable, but still like switch into this like stone deadly kind of yeah. uh, vibe, uh, predator character, <clears throat> you know, and, um, and authentically. You know? He's an intimidating man. Yeah, but he can also be the everyman on the street. And um, while I would not see him accepting a role where he literally had to cower at every confrontation, I certainly have seen those roles where he's been like, okay, 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 you know. And he's, he's a fucking good actor. So, you know, he's one of those guys who really deserved a, a, a longer career and somehow just never really hit that movie star status, you know? And that's why I'm wondering, like, is he kind of a dick? But, like, I, again, I've, Good question. I've never heard any... I, I guess I've never looked for any bad press regarding Tom Berenger, but... To the best of my knowledge from all of the scuttlebutt and things that you might get, um, I've never heard anything bad about him as as uh, behind the scenes like 
problematic on the set or anything like that. <coughs> and then uh, across from powerhouse Tom Berenger. Oh, let's not is, forget Billy Zane. It's Billy Zane. With his wonderful hair before he lost it. You so know? here's the weird thing. When we're introduced Billy to Billy had Zane. beautiful fucking hair oh, until he, he sh- lost he it. He sure did. Okay. All right, good. Now, can we talk about how we're, <laughs> how we're introduced to Billy Zane? Very strange <laughs> soft lighting in yeah. this. Yeah, it's like this... Um, it's like the 40s damsel lighting. Well, uh, in this... Well, like old okay. pulp films. Yeah, yeah, It's exactly. very strange. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like trying to hint at this conspiratorial room, conspiratorial environment, because he's technically not really a sniper, but because he's qualified with his um, you know, long-range shooting and all of this stuff, uh, they're going to send him in on this covert operation. And yeah, he was DC SWAT as well. Yeah, uh-huh. And an Olympic silver medalist or something yeah. ridiculous. Thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so Billy's got the... Uh, he's never actually killed anybody, but he's had people in his sights before. He's, he, he's got the talent, he just doesn't have the heart. Right. Yeah, So they, which is interesting that they establish this early on in the initial interview because they tell him, hey, you might have to you know, shoot some people. Yeah. You might have to shoot Tom Berenger. Yeah, if something happens to Beckett, which I love that they just named Tom Berenger's character Tom. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Love when movies did that shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. That's some of my favorite stuff, too. Uh, I'd like to think that in the original script, his name was like Randy Beckett, and Tom Berenger was just like, nope, it's Tom. Call him Thomas. <laughs> I'm not doing it if it's he's not, not named Tom. Hey, you don't have to call him Tom. Call him Thomas. Same thing, right? Or Sarge. <laughs> but I mean, well, I mean, dude, imagine if that is actually true, which I don't think it is. But imagine no. <laughs> if it were. It would be brilliant foresight in terms of branding yourself with a franchise character. You know? I mean, eight fucking movies, dude. I mean, in <laughs> Tom B, Tom Beckett, Tom Berenger. I, man, I... Oh, brilliant. I, the connections I, I would, never stop. I'd love to live in a world where Tom Berenger threw his weight around like that with the future director of Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, obviously the director was had to have been uh, open to negotiations, let's say, because he... Ended up directing Anaconda. <laughs> sure <So>. did. <laughs> With Jenny from the block. <laughs> yeah, and and Ice John Voight. <laughs> Ice Cube too, right? Uh huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Classic. Classic. We should watch that. Anaconda. Actually. Yeah. I really don't want to. That's exactly why. <laughs> but here's the thing: I don't want to watch the movie. I'll talk about it, but I don't want to have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair point. Ugh. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to talking about the movie we actually did just watch, which was Sniper. All right, so brilliant mm-hmm. thing. Thing. Um, when we're, we see Tom Berenger and uh, Billy Zane together. I'm yeah. going to skip ahead a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. But it's when they're walking. And Tom Berenger, they're both wearing a hat. And yeah. Tom Berenger has his bill down. Mm-hmm. Billy Zane has the bill of his hat popped right up. Yeah, because he's green. He's just a young kid in the field. Exactly. And it's such a, just a small, smart decision to... It, it does. As you said, it makes him look like young and eager and wide-eyed and like he doesn't know what he's doing it informs the character just visually and i think that's a very very smart decision well particularly since they drive home the father-son theme 
throughout this where Tom Berenger consistently takes responsibility for Billy Zane, not only just as a guide through the jungle, but as someone to um, really sort of give life lessons to in terms of how to, this is the real world, we're not behind a desk. But Tom Berenger also says, the man behind the desk who orders the kill is just as responsible as the man who pulls the trigger. Yep. Which is a perspective you don't hear very often these days. And it's, it's nice to see shit like that inserted into these movies just to kind of remember this whole, this is why they're out there in the jungle to begin with, you know? Yep. It, 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 yeah, just to that end, let's never forget Henry Kissinger is a fucking war criminal and still walking around. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we don't want to go down that path, but we've got, you know, Cheney and a uh-huh. whole lot of them still. I'm, I'm done naming names, but that's, a, you know. So anyway, so it's nice to see, though, that in this situation, there's always some sort of context that's being put in. And it's either being inserted in this father-son sort of situation or the dynamic of this uh, mission that Billy Zane has been given as kind of an ulterior motive to the mission that Tom Berenger believes they're actually on. Because instead of going after one guy, they're actually going after, what, two or three of them? I think it's three. And the the way that Billy Zane and Tom Berenger meet is Billy Zane is being bullied in the bar. Tom, we're introduced to their relationship immediately because Tom Berenger saves him immediately let's not forget one incredibly important scene which is billy zane in the helicopter on the way to actually meet tom berenger and get to this location because yes they get into this firefight with this guy who no joke looks like kevin bacon and the other guy on his left looks like a very young jack black or something like uh-huh. that right and these two young goofballs are, are razzing Billy Zane. Oh, who are you? Sniper, huh? Big tough guy. And then suddenly, oh, helicopter's under fire. Kevin oh, Bacon's they, dead. Because they give him uh, that bottle like home like moonshine liquor. Yeah. Here, try some liquor. And, uh, and, of course, Billy Zane kicks it back like a man. No reaction. Hands it back to the young boys. Right? Uh-huh. And young boy, Incredible Kevin Bacon, shot. kicks it back. Gets his chin blown off as shrapnel comes up through the bottom. While taking a drink. It's a fucking gorgeous shot. Man. It's a great action shot. Once again, you know, practical effects in this movie, you know, and the practical is done so well. There's only one effect that I think looks a little bit silly, and that's the bullet flying through the air. Yeah, they, yeah. They and they did it a few times. They wind pattern after the bullet, and the wind pattern just looks silly. It they, looks silly. They did it a few times, too. Yes. But hey, 93. Hey, well, yeah. And <laughs> let's also note that well before Saving Private Ryan, we have two snipers facing off with each other, and Tom Berenger shoots them right through his scope. Fucking scope, dude. And blows his freaking face off through the scope. I mean, dude, that was a cool shot. And that was practical, all live on the set in the moment. Uh-huh. Bam. Wow. Dude, dig it. But back to this helicopter firefight. All Billy, right. Uh, they, it's a guy, like, uh, on top of a cliff? Yeah, they're passing by this cliffside. And then suddenly these um, random rebels open fire on the helicopter. Now, one of the rebels, we actually, we see a couple of times. Yeah. Because uh, Tom Berenger kills that rebel's beloved general uh, in the first mission. 
then we see them on the side of the cliff, and then later we see this guy, and he gets killed. Um, I forget who kills him, but one of them kill him. Anyway, so the point is, he's on the cliff side, he's opening up, and he's making these ridiculous shots against the helicopter that are just like, I mean, he's taking out the co-pilot of the oh, helicopter. Oh, yeah, he splatters his fucking brains all over that cockpit. Yeah, exactly, and they show Billy Zane pull out his sniper rifle, assemble it, immediately yeah uh-huh like i i don't mean quickly i mean in a jump cut <laughs> yes exactly he's got they show him taking the time to open up the the gun case the gun is visibly in like five or six parts he starts picking up two pieces they cut to him holding the gun fully assembled bringing it up to his shoulder ready to fire uh-huh. okay all right okay so there's that but more significantly they go through his scope Showing that he's got this this uh, rebel who's on the run in his sights. Dead to rights. Yes, thank you. That's what I was looking for. Dead to rights. Dead center on the back. Kill shot. And they show him for a solid 10 seconds like this. And people are saying, take the shot, man. Take the shot. <laughs> Putting his finger on, close-ups on his finger on and off the trigger. Yeah, wavering over the trigger. And then close up on Billy Zane, like, oh, gee, oh, God, oh, mm, hi, you know. Now, remind you, people are dead around him, screaming. There's there is a catastrophe people, happening. <laughs> and there are still people who are capable of shooting at the helicopter. And we know this because after he's hesitated all that fucking time, this guy who he had dead to rights turns around, shoots back at the helicopter, and kills, what, two more people? Yes. Including the side gunner who just happens to shoot this rebel with his uh, 50 caliber side gun from the side of the helicopter. And somehow, even though Billy Zane clearly did not fire his rifle, one of these young guys is like, You shot that guy with your sniper rifle? Oh my god! And the side gunner is already dead. And Billy Zane just goes along with it and says, hell yeah, I did. Yeah, Billy Zane, shameful coward that he is, is just like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, good shot, yeah, right? And that's why I think the filmmaking in this is really good, because that is every single person... Yes, because I immediately hate Billy Zane And because every single person that he does not kill comes back. In a significant way in yeah, this film. And and not only do they... Yeah, the in a significant <laughs> way is people die. Yes. So Billy Zane is directly responsible for the deaths of at least three or four people that we see throughout the movie tangentially to these people they're trying to assassinate. And oh, just in this incident alone, he's yeah. responsible for at least two or two, three deaths. Yeah, which is... Uh, so, okay, so... That is the introduction of Billy Zane to the jungle. Uh, He has this kill falsely attributed to him. Tom Berenger meets him on the ground, saves him from getting his ass kicked by these bullies. And then, uh, as they're going into the jungle, Berenger makes it clear, I don't believe you you did that. I know goddamn well you didn't take that shot. (laughs) Right. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, in the total badass way that Tom Berenger would say that, you know, forget me trying to paraphrase it. So there's Tom Berenger ably making his way through the jungle while Billy Zane is slapstick comedy like uh, falling over rivers and wet I rocks. I give Billy Zane credit. Yes. Because watching what he was doing there, uh, 
ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, sometimes physical comedy is difficult. And to make it look the way he did, accidental the way it wasn't, uh, was actually really good physical comedy. So props to him uh, right up to the point where he's sliding down the mountain, you know. <laughs> So that's a, it, that leads into a larger point that I wanted to talk about. We'll mm. get to it more as we go along, but how did you feel about the uh, petulant teenager aspect of Billy Zane? Oh. Because I thought it was okay up to a point, and then I feel like they kind of pushed the gag a little far. Especially, yeah, um... And yeah. I don't even know if it was supposed to be a gag. And that's what... No, and that's my problem with it. And, you know, now that... Because originally my response was, well, let's just wait and see how it goes through the end. Okay, so now we've seen the end, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And with all of that, I, I think it's really contradictory to what they established with him at the very beginning. You know, because here's this super secret spy situation. You're being handled this special assignment. The understanding is that this guy has got to be a certain amount of capable, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he gets into uh, the jungle and he turns into an, ah, oh, gee, shucks. He gosh, turns willikers. into fucking Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> yes. That's it's incredibly accurate. He and is the problem every single time. Mm hmm. Yeah. Much like Jar Jar Binks, every single step that they take is inhibited by his fucking everything up. By his naivete. Now, here's the thing, is that that could still work without the aw shucks, gee, why are you, you know, uh, father-son sort of theme that they really pushed hard. I think if they had, they had um, eased off on that just a little bit, like some of those reactions, you know, <laughs> where he's just like... Like you said, the one where he literally just like kicks the ground, like ah, dang yeah, it! Because you know, it, I forget exactly the part, but I want to say it's when Billy Zane tries to stand up and tell him, "I'm not fucking going with you." Yeah, I'm not going. Yeah, and Tom Berenger literally walks over and dads him. Yeah, he grabs him by the scruff grabs and says, him, pulls him, pushes him forward, and says, and says "You're going." Yeah, you <laughs> shut the fuck up. You're coming with me. And, <laughs> and Billy then, Zane, yeah, does the like. Hang dog expression, drops his shoulders and kicks yep. the ground. Yep, yep. And then follows along. And that's what well, I mean is like they could have toned it down a little bit because yeah. he is a grown man. Well, exactly. And this is the thing where, I mean, they have lines that establish it where Billy Zane is like, oh, well, you know, I'd rather be behind a desk. You know, things like that. Yeah, this is his... So, they and, offered him, like, a huge promotion if he just does this one thing. Yeah, exactly. And Tom Berenger, even, there are lines of dialogue where they're assessing each other. And Berenger is like, you know, some people are made for this and, you know, others aren't. And uh, just basically saying, I know this jungle because this is what I'm born to do is this kind of shit, you know? This is what I do. <laughs> yeah, so you better listen to what I'm telling you. All of this stuff. So... I think there were areas where you could have kept all of that dialogue and toned down the, the aw shucks, gee willikers. But that specific scene where Behringer bulldogs him and is like, no, you're going, has one of my favorite things that I love to see in these movies. Where Behringer looks at him and says, this is the real world! 
<laughs> yeah, this isn't a fucking game. Yeah, exactly. God, I love that. That's the stuff in the action movies that always makes you go, yeah, man, this is the real world. Goddamn right. Pay attention. The hero is talking to you, you know. Yeah, and <laughs> so, I mean, all this uh, uh, father, son, uh, Tom Berenger being the wise mentor sort of thing yeah. is reinforced again almost immediately when they run into the natives. Oh, yeah. See, now, again, these are all moments that hold up all on their own. The themes stick all on their own without the actors. And they're very good actors, both of them. So I think, if anything, this, I would say, is um, a sort of a left-handed compliment to how good the rest of the movie is because we're just nitpicking about performances, really, at this point, I think. Which, you know, is a mark of the story is actually pretty good because they run into these natives... Who, again, Billy Zane, early on in this whole mission, it becomes clear that Tom Berenger is like, okay, I read the plan. The plan fucking sucks. Yeah, he changed, He pulls an audible while they're already on the mission. Tell, doesn't <laughs> yeah. tell Billy Zane about it. Just straight says, no, we're going, we're going east. We're supposed to be going west. Yeah, we're going this way. Yeah, we're going north instead. Yeah, exactly. I read the plan. It was garbage. Yeah, so Berenger hooks up with these locals who also have a beef with um, basically the same guys. And it's another opportunity for Billy Zane to prove that he actually can uh, kill a man as a sniper. And Tom Berenger's like, I need to see you kill someone yeah. so I know I can trust he fl- you. He flat out tells him, until you pull that trigger and kill a man, you're a fucking liability on this mission. Yeah, flat out. Which, again, okay, now we've got real context for what the fuck this situation is. The stakes go up. Because it's already established, and he was hinting at it at the beginning, but by now we know Tom Berenger knows for a fact that Billy Zane did not pull the trigger to kill that man. Yeah, exactly. So there's no way Berenger trusts this guy at all. And what happens with the natives is basically, okay, kill this guy. Because the natives also want this guy dead. So they've basically, his name is on a list. So they got a free pass to kill this guy. So, okay, they're going to kill this local guy, help the natives out. And in so doing, the natives are basically going to run cover for them so that they can cover a lot of ground real quick and get to their location. Because they know where all the patrols are. Exactly. So they can get them through this jungle easily. Bing, bang, boom. And then guess what happens? Billy Zane fucks it up. And he fucks it up because he can't really kill the guy. So what's he do? He gives, what, what do they call it, a spoiler shot. Yeah, like, basically he fires what could be paramount to a warning shot. Yeah, and uh, after this debacle, one of the Indian uh, guides, unfortunately, is killed. In the ensuing firefight. <laughs> yeah, and um, the Indians all know that it's Billy Zane being a wimpy dick. And uh, then they refuse to go any further. So now Tom Berenger and Billy Zane lose their escort, as well as the guy turns out later, still alive, mm-hmm. and the Indians are now down one of their own freedom fighters, and everybody's pissed at Billy Zane. Yeah. So not a good situation. Again, it, it, it just goes to how good this story actually is because mm-hmm. they had this inroad. Yeah. Perfect. Could have been a real streamlined movie. But, again, to reinforce Billy Zane's cowardice and how it has real-life repercussions, not only does a man die, but they've lost their in. 
You know what just jumped into my head is um, A Few Good Men, where Jack Nicholson is on the stand and he's like um, talking about the reality of we're the ones who are on the fence. So we're the ones who have to pull that trigger. Do you think you can do that? I don't think you can. You know, that kind of whole thing. This is really one of those movies where it's like, this is why sometimes you have to kill somebody because if you don't, here are the immediate consequences and it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so Billy Zane fucking up all over the place again. Tom Berenger trying to make it work. And um, let's not forget that part of the thing that's at play here is that Billy Zane has been given the approval as part of his super spy stuff that if Berenger gets too far out of line, Billy Zane can kill him. Yeah, he is supposed to kill him. So the stakes keep going up. Yeah, he's supposed to. That's right. So the stakes keep going up as this progresses. Billy Zane's fucking up. So it might be in his best interest to just fucking kill Tom Berenger anyway and... and Exfil out of there. Who cares? And we haven't even brought up that they are being hunted by the sniper that killed Tom Berenger's previous spotter. Oh, yeah! Okay, and this is a great thing, too, because who is this guy who's hunting them? A sniper that Tom Berenger trained himself. He's a Panamanian sniper that, you know, when the U.S. was on friendly terms, Tom Berenger taught this guy everything he knew and then suddenly governments changed, things went south, this guy became a, a guerrilla freedom fighter and is now in the jungle hunting Tom Berenger. So he takes out his spotter. This is the guy who takes out his spotter in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And we get a very, very interesting scene, too, of uh, when they're like betting down for the night. And it's mm. just them talking as dudes. And <laughs> yeah. Tom Berenger is trying to tell him about like this plan that he has for when he gets back home. Uh, and yeah. it's it's so good because I think we both clocked immediately that Tom Berenger is acting like a man who has no place in society. He has this yeah. just wild, far-fetched fantasy yeah. of what his life is going to be like when he gets back home because he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Yes, yeah. this, this the is... job that he picks is to be in a fishing camp where he would be a guide for tourists to fish and hunt in the local woods. So he's trying to find a way to continue his existence as this sort of predator or whatever, but in a way, in a civilian life. Yeah. Which is, is interesting. So he's, you know, and like it I said, humanizes the, him. He's in the been way thinking that, about it. The way that Tom Berenger plays it, too, his performance is so fucking great because he does, he kind of stutters and, like, doesn't know what to say. Yeah. And I, I think I likened it to when you have an idea about something and you start telling a friend and when you say it out loud, it sounds kind of dumb. So you kind of uh, Well, you're shy up. about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he just stutters his way through this. And then Billy Zane, the asshole that he is, tells him immediately, everything you hoped for is gone, Tom yeah. Berenger. It's gone. They there's paved over There's a high school it. there. And that other thing, there's a 7-Eleven there. The thing you like, wanted to do, it's a fucking parking lot now. And I mean, he's cruel about it. And Tom Berenger is crushed. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, ugh. You must be talking about someplace else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now, I mean, 
I think it's such a fascinating scene because here's a guy who clearly has built up a fantasy. And what does Billy Zane do? I mean, this is an opportunity where, you know, in terms of the whole father-son relationship thing, you could have the performance of Billy Zane where you can see on his face that he knows none of that shit's there. And he just kind of shrugs it off and says, yeah, you know, it's a good dream to have. You know, uh huh. And then Tom Berenger would be like, "Yeah, it's a good dream," you know. And that's as far as it needs to go. And then you're like, "Oh, see, now when they turn on each other, it'll be more heartbreaking." But no, Billy Zane's a fucking dick. Because it turns out that Billy Zane did two years of college in Bozeman, Montana, which is where uh, Thomas Beckett is from. Well, and and he asks him, "When's the last time you were there?" And Tom Berenger says, "Ah, a couple years ago." He's like, "They paved over it seven years ago." You lying fuck! (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's crazy, man. And here's the other thing about that is, um, Billy Zane says, "Oh yeah, I went to college there." And Berenger looks at him like, "You lying piece of shit." And Zane says, "Okay, I was there for two years." So in other words, he didn't finish college. Right? He dropped out to go do whatever the hell he went to do. And Berenger looks at him like, oh, well, that's okay then. Uh, he ain't like, some smart boy. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's like, okay, you, you're actually more uh, uh, compassionate or you find this guy more interesting because he actually dropped out of college at a place that you I, used to live. I mean, I Well, I think was it really was weird. more like alma mater like you you've been to where i've been i think it was more supposed to be a bonding moment but it is it is kind of clunky writing that yes he just happened to go to this place and he happens to know where this town of livingston is yeah like i think it would have been like behringer might have looked at him instead of like being like oh all right well that's cool and to be more like Oh, okay. Well, you didn't finish college, but you know what I'm talking about. So, okay, at least you know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And here's an interesting thing, too, is when he's talking about opening up this thing, Mm -hmm. he talks about how it's in this town called Livingston. Yeah. And if you go south, a couple of clicks. Yeah. When referring to civilian life, he doesn't even say it's a few miles. Yeah. He's so entrenched in military that it's a few clicks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's stuff like that that makes me go, see, the writing isn't that bad in this. Look at this. I mean, these, yeah. are, these are things that, are, that authenticate these characters completely, you know? So, anyway, so, so Billy Zane crushes Behringer's dreams, and then... Um, <laughs> Ruthlessly. <laughs> yes, uh-huh, brutally, without conscience. And then off they go to the next assassination bit. I love how bummed out Tom Berenger is after that. He is. He's <laughs> big, fucking big, crushed, Big man. sad bear. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, completely. Sad, sad bear-inger. Sad bear-inger. Yeah, yeah, you got there. You got yeah. the joke. <laughs> Thank you. I worked on it. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, now which one is this? This is them. They get to the hacienda. Right? Yes, because they're only they just happen to only be a few clicks away. Yeah, it's always <laughs> just a few clicks. Two clicks this way, three clicks, whatever. Okay. Plot so. convenience, whatever. It's, yeah, doesn't it's matter. Fi- it's efficiency. It's a 90-minute movie. <laughs> well, now, what's interesting is they do have a ticking clock. They know that there's going to be an exfil that's happening at this time in this place. Yeah, in the office, they tell Billy Zane, you have a week. Before this general yeah. does whatever political thing that he's supposed to do. And so they arrive at the hacienda 
about a day before they actually need to kill anybody because they get into these places to hide out these these like kill box locations and then they camp out overnight and, and then wait. they very conspicuously hide in a hay bale. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Billy Zane is totally out in the open. He looks like he's just working on his tan, for fuck's sake. You know? When they're laying together, like, 200 yards from this house, there's pe- clearly people walking by, and they're both just laying in this pile of hay. Yeah. And, scoping out this ranch. <laughs> and the thing is, is that they make it clear through all these wide shots that there's at least 20 people spread across this hacienda, spread across the hacienda, okay? So where are you going to hide? Seriously, mm-hmm. before somebody... They put fucking Billy Zane upstairs from a generator that looks like it's about to fall apart and burn the whole structure down. Yeah, this scene is fantastic because previous to this, Billy Zane's been getting real uppity about, I don't want to go do this because... This is crazy. My mission's over. Uh-huh fucking dick yeah and tom berenger basically just says fuck you you're gonna go over there that's your position i'm gonna go over here that's my position the mission's here's, still on here's the thing mm-hmm. they have to fire a shot at the ve- at the same exact moment so that they can't vector their positions yeah that's that's the excuse the timing has to be perfect down to the second yes so okay all right, great. So Again, separate. I, I think that's just really good filmmaking because it adds another element. It adds another element of su- suspense. I mean, whether it's realistic or not, probably not. But we're watching fucking Sniper. I want action and I want suspense. Well, you know, and I can totally see the value of um, the rationale behind what he's saying. Yeah. You know, it'll be harder for them to vector in because, hey... Two people suddenly went down, and it looks like it came from two different locations. How many people are actually out in the woods? Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. You know, you have the advantage of surprise, but also the big question mark. How many people? How many bad guys? Really? Yeah. So that makes sense. I get it. But um, I guess um, it also becomes the perfect plot device for somebody to get into some shit Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, wait a minute. Take the shot. Are you going to take the shot? Who needs to... Uh, the, uh, bah, and... So Billy Zane fumbles <laughs> ass backwards up into a loft in a barn. Yeah, exactly. So It's the funniest goddamn thing, Brad. Well, the crazy thing is, is that... Okay, Tom Berenger... Uh, okay. Billy Zane is uh, getting a tan... And one of the people in the hacienda noticed him, but instead of raising an alarm and calling a hundred people to shoot at Billy Zane's location, they take up their own little sniper position and start to work in how they're going to shoot his head off, right? That gives Tom Berenger plenty of time to inexplicably leave his kill spot. Because he sees the other sniper. Cross through a corral full of goats. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Berenger in a barn. <laughs> yeah. Find it's this the guy. Best. Yeah. And somehow this guy has seen him coming from a mile away, and there's a there's a whole knife fight that happens. He just bonks him right on the head. Yeah, uh-huh. And it gets into this whole thing. Tom Berenger in a knife fight ends up stabbing this guy in his own foot. Damn near looks like he cut. All of that guy's foot off. Oh, yeah. But somehow, when we cut back to them, that guy's still standing up, throwing punches like it's nothing. So, okay. 
So there's that. Anyway, Billy Zane, they do the countdown, and Billy's like, Tom, you there? You there? You going to take the shot? Take the shot! Oh, shit! So Billy goes ahead, and he takes his shot, kills his guy. Mm -hmm. As far as Billy's done, his job's over. As far as Billy is concerned, his job is done. Yep. That's it. Done. And this is his first ever kill. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the guy who was supposed to be his first ever ends up showing up at that compound, which is part of what fucks up their whole plan, too. Yep. And so... Yep. Uh, Tom Berenger has to move not only because there, uh, there's a truck in his way, and I think when he moves to his new location... Oh, that's right. There's the truck in his way. Yeah, because he moves to his new location, which gives him access to see this counter-sniper... Yeah. Setting up to shoot Billy Zane. Right, it's right. It's pretty That's how it good. Goes. Yeah. I mean, again, this is something about this movie. This is why I'm not criticizing any of these scenes, because there is a sequence of events. It makes sense. Yeah. You're, you're, you're understanding why he has to... Tom Berenger doesn't just magically appear in a corral full of goats. <laughs> I mean, you understand that why he's making this progression of movement, even though it is kind of weird that they just suddenly edit to him. Yeah, just know, hanging out in the bar. Straight cut, and he's there with the goats, and you're like, what? What the fuck, Tom? What are you doing? Right? Oh, that's right. There's someone going after Billy. So He sleeps in a river. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's such a great bit. We, we forgot about it, but it's the best. Yeah, they're on the way, and uh, Tom Berenger is... It's when the, uh, counter, the uh, big enemy sniper is tracking them. So he yeah. drags Billy Zane into this gross-ass river, and they're both hanging by vines. He's like, yeah, and there's, what's it, liver shanks, malaria... Leeches. Leeches, snakes. They'll the, never look for us here. I'm going to bed. It's the place to hide because uh, no one would dare hide here. Yeah. Right? That's the logic. Uh-huh. And Billy Zane is like, this is gross. And I mean... They're literally, each one of them has one hand on some vine yeah, that's hanging like down a tree the river. root. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the rest of them, up to like their chest, is submerged in this river that they've already acknowledged has leeches and God knows what the fuck. And, and, and Tom Berenger's like, okay, I'm going to sleep. And he literally just nods his head and he's yeah. out. Inexplicably. Yeah, he's I did. Out. I did not see it coming. Like I thought they were just hiding <laughs> yeah. from this sniper, and then all of a sudden, Tom Berenger says, "All right, I'm gonna get some shut eye." Yeah, I literally <laughs> just thought, goes to bed. I literally thought it was like a tactical maneuver to, um, you know, avoid this other sniper. You know, like the fox and the hound. He's waiting in the river. He's like a fucking jungle by. vampire. Yeah, 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 completely. And so he goes out. Billy Zane's looking at him like, I'm in the jungle with a madman. I'm going to die. <laughs> you sure are. Yep. So they get towards the end. Actually, that's a good segue because towards the end, what happens to Billy Zane? He starts having like PTSD yeah. delusions, you know? So uh, anyway, uh, where we were in the plot, uh, Bill, uh, Tom Berenger kills the counter sniper that was going to shoot Billy Zane. Yeah. And the... But in after so Billy doing, after Billy Zane takes the shot, obviously the shot rings out. Yeah. He is being hunted by the entire militia on this compound. Yes, and Tom Berenger it's bursts not through long. a wall. Oh man! <laughs> Once again, this guy goes from it's the best. This guy goes from being sensitive, human, acting with compassion, to jumping through a fucking wall. 
that's two stories up. So he doesn't just jump through a wall. He jumps and falls down to this lower section where he rolls and he's running. And I mean, dude, it's he full on action it. hero mode. It's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah it's great stuff. And he's then getting chased Zane down by fucking jeeps. Yeah. So Tom Berenger gets captured and Billy Zane gets into a position where he's able to um, see Tom Berenger through his sniper scope. And oh, that's after that they they meet up and uh, Billy Zane starts shooting at Tom Berenger. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so yeah, this is the PTSD thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Billy Zane... He escapes. Yeah, he escapes, but he's starting to freak out a little bit. You know, and maybe it's because, you know, this was his first real kill. Maybe, you know, he's having daddy issues, whatever it is. But Tom Berenger catches up to him. After you feel the rush, then you feel the hurt. And you know the worst part, Brad? What? It's when the hurt goes away. Yeah. God damn, that's deep. Now let's get on the fucking move. We got (laughs) him. Yeah. I mean. Tom Berenger, consummate badass. Yeah. I mean, to me, those lines are horrible like really really just kind that's of producer basic. note that's 1993 producer note exactly but the way tom berenger delivers those lines you know you still believe it you're still like okay all right i get the pep talk you know <laughs> billy zane not so much but tom berenger's nailing it <laughs> yeah and they're well you know again the material that billy zane's given to do i mean really at this point we start to see that petulant bratty child persona come even further and they pass it off more as like this ptsd thing but it's genuinely a situation where they start um where billy zane is like okay i'm gonna kill you they get into this fucking knife fight he actually cuts Behringer mm-hmm. before um, one of the other rebel farmer, whatever, from the Hacienda comes along. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. We have this, these mutual enemies that are trying to kill all of us. Let's stop trying to kill each other for a minute. And yeah, because then- uh, uh, rebel walks up and like, has a gun right on Billy Zane's head. Yeah. And Behringer shoots the rebel to save him, even after he was just getting shot at by what's supposed to be his... Uh, uh, superior or just the guy that he's with who's clearly gone mad well you're right though technically and billy zane says this more than once technically he's supposed to be in command of the operation right it's just that uh tom berenger is so experienced in the jungle it's ludicrous to take orders from this guy who could get them both killed right so yeah so this other guy comes in and this is the other thing that's interesting about this sniper movie even though Billy Zane has clearly tried to kill Tom Berenger, there's this moment where Berenger is like, well, okay, you're young, you don't get it. Yeah, he and shrugs he actually, it off. Yeah, and he actually moves to sacrifice himself so that Billy Zane can get to the Xville and get out all by himself. He's literally like, let me go, it's fine, you know? And he sets himself up to get captured he does get captured and now billy zane's like oh man this guy's actually a good guy (laughs) fuck i don't want him to die because he spent all billy zane also has no ammunition because he spent all his bullets shooting at his own shadow obvious metaphor and i mean yes okay yes thanks for pointing that out again this movie is shot really well there's the moment when um uh 
he gives himself up. He's holding up his gun, right? And Behringer just opens up the ejection port, kicks out the one bullet. Cause yeah, he slides the chamber open and drops a single bullet in the sand. Clearly. Knowing, yeah, knowing that Zane is watching, and now Zane's got one shot. You've got, you've got one shot, and you can make it count. And if you're a good sniper, if you're you know worth your salt, then this one shot's going to... Because it's a motif that's repeated several times, one shot, one kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It became... I don't know, at least by Sniper 2, this was like on t-shirts all over the place. One shot, one kill, on hats. Oh, you know, oh man, it, was, it swept the nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. In the cultural zeitgeist, Sniper took over for at least three months. Oh, easily, yeah. And one shot, one kill was fucking everywhere. So in this case, with this movie, though, they do... Um, uh, Behringer makes the point, hey, look, you get out of here because you've got one bullet, but you can make two kills. And I should be the second kill so that they don't have any military intelligence. They can't torture me or anything like that. After a fucking graphic torture scene. Well, yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of shit in this movie that makes you go, oh, okay. All right. Now, contrast this with fucking Chuck Norris in Missing in Action. Right? Kicking a dude in the balls from behind. Well, yeah. And what kind of the torture scenes, how were those torture scenes done as opposed to in this movie and uh, the um, uh, context of it? Like, the this seems to be far more, yeah, okay, it's Hollywood action movie, but it seems to be far more grounded in terms of the overall story it's presenting. Whereas, you know, one of these Chuck Norris movies is clearly just there to have this super badass guy go in and whoop anybody's butt who says no to him mm -hmm. you know and that's it that's all that movie is with this we've got actual antagonist relationship building you know and it's the bad guy that uh billy zane hesitated to shoot in the boat yeah and he he's back around yeah. and he's got tom berenger's finger in what looks like wire and he's twisting a handle, like it's just a handle with some wire on it. Yeah, in, it's in, a, a, in a loop. Yeah, it's, it's a, a garrot. Yeah. yeah. And he's twisting it, and he cuts Tom Berenger's fucking finger off. Unfucking finger. that they went that far with the movie. Yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't think they would do that, yeah. but they did. He holds a gun up and says, here, sniper, feel the trigger. It's the last time you will. <laughs> and cuts exactly. his, garrots his fucking finger off. Yeah, see, now, if they made this nowadays... They'd show the garrote, they'd show it cutting into his finger, they'd hint that the finger was about to come off, but Billy Zane would have showed up, killed the guy, you know, the hero wouldn't lose his finger, it wouldn't be any of that, you know what I mean? Or, if somehow he did lose his finger, they'd give him a fucking cybernetic whatever the fuck finger, so he would be, you know, an extra special sniper moving forward. You know God what I mean? Damn right, that would be rad. Wouldn't that be badass? Cyborg Behringer. Six million dollar sniper. Fucking. Mm. I think we're writing the wrong movie, Brad. Well, okay, I we think can we work need, on that. I think we need to shift our focus to the six million dollar sniper. Well, I mean, you could do starring Tom Behringer. 
You could do test footage and things, you know. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Okay. So basically, um, yeah, so Tom Berenger's willing to sacrifice his life, and Billy Zane, you know, is like, no, I'm not going to kill you, Dad. Is, Fuck you. Is hiding in the shadows. Yeah, looking at Tom Berenger being tortured by this bad guy, and and this bad guy, incidentally, is the last of the three that they need to get. Because he gets so, the other guy, and then in between the bamboo in the with an fucking with knife a knife i mean dude right through the neck it's such a badass way to kill somebody you're like hold on a minute this is billy zane killing someone like this get uh-huh. the fuck out what and they show the shot from the front of the guy where the knife pokes out of his neck cuts back to billy zane in the shadows just wrenching Great. that knife down and pulling it out and you hear the thump yeah which again, graphic violence without showing graphic violence that i don't think they could afford to do so it was a very good filmmaking choice Oh, agreed. But in terms of character, this is a guy who hesitated to pull the trigger so many times that now he has no problem killing a guy with a fucking knife, you know. With an 11-inch knife. Yeah, stabbing through these bamboo slats on, on a wall. I mean, was it easier because he didn't have to look at the guy or something? I don't know, but Billy Zane just, like, straight up... Oh, okay. This is the bag. Like it's like he's fucking Rambo. It's perfect. Yes, it is. It's it's. Fucking uh, we forgot awesome. the Rambo reference it's in this film. It's fucking awesome. So yeah, and we did. We got the Rambo reference early on, where Tom Berenger sees a like a poster of Rambo on the back of a bus, and he goes, <laughs> Yeah, he scoffs at Rambo. It rules. <laughs> yeah. So so lovely. So anyway, um, Billy Zane uh, kills this guy. Tom Berenger is like, wait, one shot, two kills. And Billy Zane's like, no, Dad, I'm not going to kill you. And so he kills the other guy, right? Sneaks up, cuts Tom Berenger free, and... Um, and then it's off to the races through the jungle. Yeah, well, I was just thinking of that shot where Berenger is trying to shoot with the sniper rifle, but his fucking finger's gone. And he's uh-huh. trying to shoot with his middle finger, and he can't. He can't aim and everything. It's one of those moments where you're like, oh my god, they really did cut off his finger. Uh-huh, because we were discussing internally while watching it. That, yeah, wait did a minute, they, they really didn't... Do that? There's no way! <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, they did. Yes, they did. It's fucking awesome the way it works. Hell yeah. You know, so, um, so then they have the lovely um, extraction scene where the helicopter shows up and uh, now it's Billy Zane who's covering for tom and tom's like oh fuck this is how i lost my last spotter Mm -hmm. you know history repeating itself except for this time he is valiantly wounded yeah uh uh-huh and you know so it it gets into this great scene because again now behringer's in the situation he could fuck off and just leave billy zane behind you know and even the pilot is like hey billy zane fuck that guy you know? <laughs> yeah, because uh, Tom Berenger, he does. He pulls out his sniper rifle. He's missing his finger. He tries to shoot it with his other, with his uh, middle finger. Mm-hmm. But with somebody that attuned to their own weapon, that's going to be awkward, and you're going to miss a shot. So he just pulls out his sidearm, pulls out a pistol, and fucking exactly. shoots this dude. Exactly. Not exactly. sure where he got that pistol, but yeah. Well, you know, the interesting thing about Berenger's character, which uh, I'm glad that they held consistent with, is he only had the two firearms. He had his sniper rifle, and he had that pistol. And that was it. Like, he didn't carry anything else. He carried the main tool for the main purpose he was there. And if shit got 
close, he had that pistol. But otherwise, you know, there was that was it, you know. So I oh, I it was like probably that. the guy torturing him's gun. Because Billy Zane at this point is still out of bullets, and that's one of the main thing uh, keys to the it suspense ha- is that they have no ammunition. Well, you're right. It was the guy's gun because um, when Billy Zane is there uh, grabbing Behringer, he picks up the gun, and uh, I think he loads it. But at the very least, um, he does pick it up and take him with it. Take it with him because. I did notice when Tom Berenger is shooting, he's shooting with that the bad silver guy's gun. silver plated gun, yeah, or like exactly. nickel plated instead of black plated. Yeah, it's nickel plated and it's got an extended barrel on it, about an inch on it, so that you could do a mount on the barrel, you know, if you wanted to, something like that. But anyway, that that's where the extra um, firepower, so to speak, comes from. Right. Yeah, they steal his gun, so they get on the helicopter together, and. Um, and they get a, get up in the air, and they look at each other. There's no dialogue. They just look at each other, and they're like, you okay? Yeah. Boy, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Billy Zane says, well, there's always Montana. That's right. That's the one he, thing he bring say. He brings up the dream that he had previously crushed. Yeah. So Remember brutally. that dream that I just shat all over? <laughs> Earlier yesterday, well, you know, keep dreaming. My my main question about this entire film, because, yeah, we reached the end. That's it. Roll credits. Yeah, boom. Roll credits. So they kind of half Did, smile at each other. They're all friends. They're not going to kill each other. I, I, I have one thing that might break this entire movie, and I'm pretty sure they had them by 1993. Did they huh. have no silencers for these sniper rifles? Because they are just full-on firing high-caliber rifles wherever. Well, um, you think with these delicate operations. With the rifle that Tom Berenger is using, no. Not really with that one. But with the one that um, Billy Zane had, yeah. You could have a sniper, you could have a silencer mount on that. Because with these very important missions that they're running, the entire time I was thinking, like, well, why didn't you guys just bring a silencer? Well, you know. That, that, I mean, it's not going to. It's. It's not going to help a ton. They're still going to see that there's a dead body and that somebody shot it. But you're not going to have that loud-ass shot ringing out, which I know this is me nitpicking for no good reason. Yeah, well, it's not really nitpicking. I mean, it's a good question because Hollywood puts a lot of um, uh, creed to a lot of faith, let's say, in a silencer. Into the idea of silencers, yes. Yes, uh there's actually, there's a great video on YouTube, and I don't know who fucking did it, but it's... um, they're taking uh, the scene in John Wick, like the second one when they're in the subway station yeah. and they're shooting at each other with the silencers. And uh-huh. they're like, okay, let's replace this with the actual noise of a silencer and what that would sound like, right? And it's very clear that, you know, while there is some suppression of noise, there's still a very distinct noise that, that lets you know that something just went off. You right. know what I mean? So I guess what I'm trying to say is at the distance that these guys are actually sniping from, they're not at a huge distance away. The, the last one, Tom Berger says something about a thousand yards. But that's, I guess that's not even a quarter yeah, of a mile. Yeah, when they post up in their kill boxes, they're supposed to be about a thousand yards out. Yeah. And that's a good distance. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so I kind of I wonder whether but, it would be useful 
or whether the idea is just one other thing. I guess if you do that, though, it kind of negates the purpose because every shot fired is a alert, pretty much. Yeah. It's an alert for action. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing about it is that um, having a suppressor on the end of the barrel does affect your... Um, your shot, yeah, of course. Yeah. The mechanics of it, it couldn't not. Yeah. So I wonder if that's another factor in. I mean, I I don't know enough. About Tom Berenger's a sniping purist, <laughs> but yeah. So it, I mean, this guy is like he's got seventy four kills. He's got so much experience. He's incredibly deadly. You know? Suppressor, fuck your suppressor. Yeah. this isn't a fucking game. Well, you know, <laughs> but they do something which I really like in the opening scene to kind of show um, how the operation works, which is. He takes a position in the jungle with his spotter where they could be in, you know, somewhere within this brush, right? They're far enough back that you're not going to see the flare off the end of the barrel or anything like that. They take the shot and then they literally, they just sit and plant themselves in this area that they know they're out of, they're in cover. So even though this army is fucking leveling the forest with gunfire, him and his spotter, they're just sitting there going, okay, let's wait till they shoot out a couple of rounds and get tired, you know, or start actually coming after us because they're not going to be shooting and we can escape them. Mm -hmm. You know, it becomes clear these tactics of this is why it's important. It's one shot, one kill, because they're going to light up this fucking forest and all we can do is... Take cover until we can run our asses to do the exfil, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, great stuff. Incredible you know? film. Yeah, totally worth it. Um, I don't know about the other seven movies, but this one, I mean, Tom Berenger fucking rules. Billy Zane and his lovely fucking hair. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't mean to earlier, like, disparage uh, the Phantom's Billy Zane. Uh, he's a fantastic <laughs> actor. <laughs> But yeah, there are indeed. a few scenes where he pushes it a bit far with the petulant teenager. Yeah, and I genuinely bit. think that that was, um, that was probably more of a choice on the part of the director and the overall um, like producer-director theme approach to the movie because, I mean, we've seen Billy Zane in so many other things. And for him to be that kind of... I mean, kicking the dirt. Oh, gee, shucks. I oh, mean, he, he, in the faces that he makes, that hangdog expression, yeah, where he just like several times like drops his shoulders. and You know the, what it, it suddenly occurs to me, it reminds me of, is do you remember The Searchers with John Wayne and Jeffrey Hunter? I, not in a very, very long time. One of the things about that movie is that Jeffrey Hunter is clearly a um, trained in theater, right? So when he's acting opposite John Wayne, he'll have these outbursts, right? And they will be large. And in a way, you could interpret them as, oh, this is just, you know, a petulant young man. But Stage acting. (laughs) Yeah, but moreover, it's his acting technique in front of the camera, you know? And I kind of um, bring that up because when I watch this Billy Zane Uh, performance I get the impression that it's not Billy Zane as an actor's choice or the way he was trained I think he was instructed to to take it to that level right you know because Berenger's the stoic 
in all of them. Right. I just think the way they played it, because this movie doesn't have like a wacky tone. Right. I, I think they just pushed it a little bit too far. He could have been obviously still defiant and tried to assert his position as being the leader, but instead he just backs off like the teenager who's just been talked down to by his dad. And he literally pouts. Yes. He pouts. Several yeah. times. Yeah, which, again, circling back to the original question, uh, it's, it is disconcerting because the way he is introduced, he's introduced as someone who's confident, very much in control of what his role is supposed to be. They even tell him, you might have to kill Tom Berenger, and he's like, I'm fine. Fine with that. And he clearly has experience with dangerous situations being on DC SWAT team. That's how he's presented. Yeah. The, so to he, have him suddenly go, aw shucks, in the face of Tom Berenger is kind of like, well, it doesn't quite work, you know? Yeah. So. And I think that's, honestly, I think that's almost, besides obviously the bad bullet effects, I think it's the only like misstep in this film. Otherwise, I think it's very cohesive. It's a good story. Yeah. And here's the other thing, and I've been noticing this a lot. Hmm. It's short. Why are movies so long now? Why is yeah. everything two hour, two and a half hours? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's get into um, let's get into one of those movies, and we'll get into conversation. You know what? That's a conversation for a different time. Yes. Yeah. But- that's the larger point. It's a conversation for a different time. But there are movies that do require this time. Are the movies that are coming out now? No. Those kinds of movies. Absolutely not. I agree. No, I don't think they are. God damn it. Why are we spending so... Anyway, so um, all I'm going to say is slow-mo on a sesame seed. What the fuck? All right. So um, that's all I have to say. I got to blow out of here, dude. All right. Anything to plug? Um, Website revision is almost done. I know I've been saying that a lot, but by the time this goes up, the new website revision will be done. You can go to mountainfiremedia.com or torchtail.com that's tail t-a-i-l.com this stuff will be up uh i've got some new poetry videos coming up also you've given me the audio files of these podcasts so be looking for video versions of these podcasts coming up in the next couple of months hell yeah that'll get your dick hard Mm. yeah all right should we uh how about you what do you got to plug uh this if you're here, th- this is it. Yep, th- this, this feed. Thank you for listening. Um, should, we, uh, should we kick fucking rocks? Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. All right, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, bye. Oh, fucking Tom Berenger's the best. He rules. He rules.